Hello and welcome to the Odds Checker betting show. I'm your host, George Ellick, and this is an extra edition. We were meant to have one last week to preview the racing at Newbury last Saturday. The weather got in the way of that one, but they have got it back on. It's on on Sunday. The Denman chase, the the, the Game of Spirit chase and the Betfair hurdle all going on in a decent day's racing. And we are here on this Friday, the 19th of February to preview it. And two expert guests join me in Ed Quigley and Andy Holding. Ed, I'll come to you first because we're welcoming you back. It's been a while since we've seen you. How have you been? And how and how are things down at Cheltenham? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, it's it's wet. It's raining. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> nothing's changed here. No, it's been blue sky for a few days, actually. Uh, actually got a bit of exercise, went up to Cleve Hill and I looked down at the race course. No, it's um, obviously just three and a half weeks away now. The, the kind of... The buzz in Cheltenham would normally be starting in about a week or two from now, but obviously we're not going to have that this year to that extent. But um, no, look, yeah, things are going well. Um, it's all just kind of ticking away now to the festival itself, but an absolute bonus to have this uh, Newbury card on the Sunday, isn't it? Yeah, it's a seriously good weekend's racing and uh, really looking forward to what we've got in store. Andy, I spoke to you yesterday, so not too many pleasantries, but, um, you know, ha- ha- any, anything happened to you in the last 24 hours we should know about? Any winners banged in? No, um, I had my first blank day for a little while yesterday, so uh, you obviously must have been my my jinx. Um, there's, a, there's, a lovely, there's a lovely card at Dundalk this afternoon, Andy. I'm sure you'll make some sense of that. <laughs> yeah, Dundalk looked a little bit uh, easier. Um, yeah, I, I had a fancy one yesterday, Gary Moores, and it fell halfway down the back straight, so that was a bit of a blow. Um, but yeah, this uh, this Sunday meeting, it, it's great. It's on, isn't it? Um, mm. Unfortunately, it's probably going to mess up my normal Sundays because Sundays I tend to have off and, and, and take the dog for a walk on Sunday afternoon. So I'm going to have to do a little bit of jiggery-pokery with the missus, I think, to <laughs> try and uh, try and get back for at least sort of halfway through the afternoon to, to watch some of it, which is uh, not easier said than done. No, jiggery-pokery, though. I know you're pretty good at that stuff, Andy, so I don't doubt you'll make it work. Uh, before we get into the racing, we're just going to go through the Newbury card today. Um, four races have been priced up. It's It's 20 to 12 on the Friday. So final decks are just in the opener, the novice hurdle, and then the penultimate race, the novice chase, and then the bumper at the end. They haven't got prices at the moment. They probably won't come up until I wouldn't have thought tomorrow afternoon. Um, but we'll look through the cards and, and Andy and Ed will look to flag any just to keep an eye on at this stage. Um, do download the Odds Checker app immediately. Do it right now for the very best prices across all sports and the very best bookie offers, free bets and place terms. And of course, tipsters such as Andy himself. It's the first place where you can find all of Andy's tips straight to the app every single morning. Right then, on to the first race of the day. The Reed Paul Nichols on Betfair, betting.betfair, novices hurdle, this one is. And as I say, no prices as it stands at the moment. Um, we've got 15 that are in and a few promising types in here. Good ball for Paul Nichols, one of them. A horse with no name for Nicky Henderson, another. Um, interesting, Andy. Who do you expect to, to, to kind of come out of the top end of the market? And who are you looking forward to seeing again? Who stacks up well in terms of your time figures? Because you do seem to make quite good sense out of these novice hurdles. Yeah, I'd I'd suggest that this will probably uh, centre around good ball and a horse with no name uh, without seeing any prices. Obviously, you'd have to respect Goal Road, who at least is a course and distance winner himself. Uh, But I think he's jumping, would need to improve, I think, to to perhaps um, uh, give the the penalty away to to these two youngsters down the bottom, particularly good ball. I'm surprised that Paul Nichols, in, in some respects, hasn't really laid out good ball for the Boodles. I think he's got another one. For that race, I think he's his main horse for that is the one that finished third in the finale hurdle at Chepstow, a recruit from France. 
uh, reading his um, uh, trainer f- file the other day. Um, but this good ball didn't create a good impression when he won here. He was well touted beforehand. Uh, I think he sent. I think he was sent off favourite, but he looked a good race. And albeit he, he made slightly heavy weather of it in the end, he was well on top at the finish. And the race has actually worked out quite well. The aforementioned Gal Road, who finished fourth and didn't jump well that day, has gone on to win at back over the course and distance. Grumpy Charlie, the fifth, has won twice since for uh, Chris Honor. Looks a nice horse, actually. And even the seventh horse home, Golden Boy Grey, who I had my slight reservations about at Fontwell yesterday, slogged his way through the mud to win a two-mile three. Novices hurdle and lowering the colours of a horse called Bowport. So that forms looks looks a little bit tasty um, carrying forward into a race like this. As I said, I thought this normally would have been a prep for the for the Boodles. He's rated one three one, which would get him in uh, to that. But perhaps Paul just sees him as a long term prospect. You know, he's more of a chasing type, and he doesn't want to risk him in a race of that nature. Horse with no names has had the one run for Nicky uh, this season. It was a good one as well at this track. Uh, chasing home pink sheets. It was a day that pink sheets got the first run on a good bunch of mares. Uh, and I presume that she'll go to Cheltenham, the Cheltenham Festival now, pink sheets and a horse with no name. I'm not sure what they're going to do with her. Um, not if she goes to Cheltenham bound, but basically she brings listed mares form, course and distance form to the table. So both of these two are obviously above average for a race this nature. Uh, I don't think Gale Road's good enough. Not one or two of the others have got bits and bobs of promise but not as good as Eater. but yeah i'd expect good ball to be favorite just uh, slightly ahead of a horse with our name what kind of price would you be looking for for, for good ball to make, to make probably be seven to four two to one and horse with no name five to two eleven to four it'd be five six to one the top one and then you're looking at seven or eight to one bar would have thought there you go there's the andy holding tissue you normally have to pay the big bucks for that uh ed how about you? Anything you're seeing here beyond the, the obvious ones that Andy's mentioned? Yeah, indeed, without the prices. If you could get double figures on Hoy Paloi, I thought that would definitely be of interest of Emma Laval's because I thought he was quite impressed with the win on his debut at Kempton. Um, the second and the third have come out and won since. That form looks pretty decent. Then stepped up to two and a half on very tacky ground at Hereford last time out and appeared to fall in a hole and not travel with any zest. So I did think it was definitely of interest dropping back to two miles because the horse did quicken up nicely over the minimum trip on this penultimate start. And also, uh, I always mention this on the old weather watch, but um, <laughs> the wet, the weather gods are having a laugh at the moment because you've got um, Ascot, which is soft to heavy, Haydock, which will be a swamp. Uh, I think Wincanton's heavy going on more heavy, uh, yet Newbury's officially now good to soft. Um, so it's it's quite unbelievable, really. This is your your spring ground. And I do think um, Hoy Polloi, as I said, the, the ground last time at Hereford, they called it soft. Um, a lot of the jockeys saying it was bordering on heavy. And I, I do think on a better surface relative at this time of year, if that one could easily run into the frame, uh, if you could get a double figure price. But um, yeah, novice hurdles, not not at this time of year, especially not normally my, um, <laughs> my type of thing to, to be getting involved with. So Hoy Polloi, the one to keep an eye out for, for a double-figure price for Ed. But uh, and Andy, just making sense, I guess, of the um, of the of the card before we know the prices, and, and and judging, you know, maybe if the if the prices are, are out of kilter with his tissue, then you can find a bit of value there yourself come Saturday evening. On then to the one fifty, and we do our prices here for the handicap hurdle. Uh, Southfield Harvest is five to one favourite with Betfair Sportsbook ahead of Sizable Sam at six to one, Mint Condition eight to one, Es Perfecto <laughs> nine to one, eleven to one, Palmer's Hill fourteen to one. Bar Ed will stay with you. You said you weren't too keen on novice hurdles at this time of year. How's about a handicap hurdle? 
Yeah, intriguing little contest these, aren't they? I mean, Southfield Harvest is the interesting one. And the cynical side of me says, I mean, do they want to win with this horse, given the fact that, <laughs> well, what I'm saying is they want to win the Pertebs final. And Paul Nichols has flagged it up. Uh, off 135, he would have got in, what, nine of the last 10 contests nicely. I think 133 was the base last year. So uh, you don't really want to go and smash yourself to bits in regards to the handicap. I think they'd be just quite happy if he jumps around and goes in the top three and puts in a nice performance. So, I'm reticent, to be honest with you. I mean, Mint Condition has been declared for this, I presume, on the basis of in case Haydock gets called off, because Mint Condition is due to run in the Grade 2 Prestige Novices Herd on Saturday. It's one of my strongest bets on the Saturday, if in fact that meeting does go ahead and line up. So uh, I've got to be honest with you, I'm a little bit confused in terms of (laughs) who's going to be lining up, who really wants to win. Well, not not, not, not on trial. Obviously, if he wins, he goes up to 140 or something, then it's brilliant. You know, we saw it with uh, a similar contest a couple of years ago, didn't we? A few years ago, Figure the Fingal Bay when Exeter got nudged up five or six pounds and went and went and won it. Like I, I was kind of bit tug in cheek, really. But what I'm trying to say to you, I don't think it'd be the end of the world. Let the horse jump round in yeah, second, yeah, uh, got that run under his belt, and then got, got in off a nice low weight for the Per Temps final. So uh, again, I'm um, not adding much value to this. Is there's so many of these races at the moment that really are no kind of notebook courses with mm-hmm. the festival in mind. I think it is fair to say, or at least they are through my binoculars anyway. So I'll leave um, Andy for the the strong views. Andy. Straight over to you. Yeah, it's interesting about Southfield Harvest. He, he's already qualified courtesy of that runner-up spot at, um, at Wing Canton. I, I presume they're running him here to see whether he does get the three miles. He looks as though he get it standing on his head. But it's really odd when you have a per attempt qualifier that he's way short of the distance of what, he's going, what they're going to tackle at Cheltenham. I, I find that always a little bit uh, confusing. Um, either, either way, Paul Nichols hasn't got a particularly good record in the per attempt final, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't be interested in a horse like Southfield Harvest, you you just re- really want to be looking over to Ireland and the usual su- suspects. Gordon Elliott has won it the last three years, and and that per attempts qualifier at Leopardstown will probably throw up the winner again in the shape of the bosses Oscar. But anyway, that's enough for for, for another day. Um, <laughs> that's another podcast. Um, I do like I like Sizable Sam, but again, he's he's similar to Southfield Harvest. He, all his best form at the moment, he's going right-handed over two and a half miles on a flat track round Wincanton, so he's probably going to be a little bit overrated in the betting because he's got a string of ones by him. Um, I, I don't fancy him in condition. I, I tipped him at um, Warwick last time out and I can't still can't believe he didn't win. But he comes from a yard since that day. I've gone through an absolute rotten patch. Uh, 27 runners, 55 days since the win of Jenny Candlish. So you just need to be a little bit care- careful about that yard. And they've had a lot of fancied runners. not as if she's running 101 shots. So the A over E is not very good for that yard. Um, the one I quite like here is also called Do, Do Win, uh, Do Win, right down the bottom, Warren Greatix is um, seven-year-old. <clears throat> I haven't seen a horse for a long time as, as much as this, crying out for three miles as this fella. Um, I'm surprised Warren hasn't pitched him over three miles yet, because every single time he's run over two and a half miles so far this season, he's got done for a bit of toe, um, and then run on quite strongly from the mid- from midfield towards the back of the field. He was fifth in a very strong renewal of the Lanzarote hurdle last time out, again doing all his best work at the end. Uh, and he's escaped by coming out of that race with still one, two, three, even though I marked him up quite considerably. I think this track will suit him, big galloping track. Uh, but more, more in keeping with the fact that he's now going over a trip, which I think will suit his run style. Um, so, uh, yeah, doing, was it 14 to 1? Doing 14 say? to 1, yeah, William Hill and Betfair Sportsbook. Yeah, 14 to 1, yeah, that looks good. A nice price, doesn't it? Considering we've just scrubbed mm. out at least three that can't win. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
one of them that can't win, Andy, is is Ed's nap at, at Haydock. You can't be saying that. Um, <laughs> Hopefully, it doesn't line up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah it's just like I say. I love being conditioned as well. I mean, like I say, I put him up last time out at Warwick, and he should have won that that grade too. But yeah, you know, you've you've got to go with the training stats at the moment. They're, they're looking a, a little bit iffy with, with regards to Jenny Canley. So um, it'll all be about price. If it's if it's favourite Saturday, and it, you know, with the Canley t- team, I'd, I'd just leave it alone. Having backed it at tens last time. Mm. Well, Doe in the one for Warren Greatrix and Andy Holding 14 to 1 for the second on the card at Newbury. On then to the Betfair Denman Chase and Clan Des Oboes is the even money favourite. That's with William Hill. Lost in translation, clipped in already. 7 to 2 now opened up at 4 to 1 after the final declarations. That's with Unibet. Kalashnikov 8 to 1. Dashel Drasher 10 to 1. Been left in here due to run Alaska on. Um, this is Asuka, yeah, on uh, on Saturday. It's interesting to see what happens there. Secret Investor, 10 to 1, uh, 20 to 1 bar. Andy, stick with you here. Firstly, is Clan a good thing at even money or one to take on? And if you're going to take him on, eight dead eight runners as it stands at the moment, who have we got? Yeah, it's a, it's a real shame because Dash or Dash, by the looks of it, will go to Ascot. You know, that seems mm-hmm. to be his track right hand. He's yeah, won those last seven. two runs. Uh, and yeah. we're going to have the dead, the horrible seven, aren't we? So it is a shame. Um, but there's more than one one way to skin a cat nowadays, isn't there, with, with these markets? And they'll bet three places. Some firms will be betting three places on the day, uh, which leads me nicely onto what I'm prepared to back or what, or, or what I'm looking at doing anyway. Um, obviously, you can find flaws in Lost in Translation and, and Clans de Desobo if you wanted to dig deep enough, but look, they are the class acts and the market's got it about right. But I think if the conditional gets a little bit softer ground comes Sunday, and obviously Ed's already given us that rain watch, Mm. Um, and and uh, I have looked at the forecast myself. I think Newby is right in between. I think you draw a line right down the centre of the country, and the, the the east side of it is going to be fine out towards sort of Lincolnshire Market Rays and that way. But anything sort of the, the west of London could be showers up to sort of four or five mil. So if they do get the rain, it'll definitely bring conditional into this uh, equation. Uh, but he's not to be underestimated. He loves Newbury. Obviously, he ran really well in the uh, the Hennessy Beyond Cloth Cap. The ground would have been a little bit too lively for him that day. Good ground. But on heavy ground, uh, last time I'd asked God, he showed what he's made of um, once again. Um, but he, yeah, I wouldn't say he needs a swamp, but he need, he'd need soft ground at least to slow the others down and give himself a chance. Uh, but I don't think he's got a massive amount to find. I mean, he, you know, he's, you know the, the, the weights and measures will say, you know, it's a £20 job that he's got to make up. But I've, I always take those a little bit of pinch of salt. Um, I think you know some of these horses are capable of easily outrunning their uh, their their current ratings based on on track ability and, and and ability to handle the ground. I think it brings them closer together. So look, he's twenty to one the conditional. I'll probably have a very very small bet on him to win at twenty to one. But if I could get sort of, I'm trying to predict what price he'll be three places. You'd probably be looking around the two to one in between two to one five to two to be in the front three. Um, and you know, with the likes of Sapage, Kalashnikov, Secret Investor, Terry Fort, that we, we don't know where we are with those, some of them over the trip or, or with our general well being. Obviously, Kalashnikov's bled really badly in the past. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd take a punt on the conditional. Just before, before I ask Ed for his, for his views on the race, I mean, Klander Zobo obviously didn't um, do what he normally does on, on Boxing Day at Kempton and, and was beaten, well beaten by Frodon. Um, that day, I mean, does that in itself make Landers Obo, you know, a horse to take on here at this price, Andy? Or, you know, would it not be a massive surprise to see? I mean, what, I guess I suppose it's built into the price. You know, if he'd won that won that race, well, it'd be a lot shorter than the even money you're getting now. 
Yeah, it's very similar to the, the surname situation where we discussed mm. that yesterday. You know, you, he comes in off the back of a couple of poor runs. The signs that uh, things are not quite going according to script, and you know, Clint Zobo, he's, you know, he's he loves it round here. He loves Newby, Newby flat track left-handed. He's, he's very much his bag. So um, I, I don't think he's quite on the decay yet. Um, but that, that, that just if some butts enough to put me off at a short price, particularly lost in translation, I can never work him out. You know, he's pulled at one day, runs a blind the next day, and you know they've had a wind up with him, and it, the yards in form, out of form. It's just they're just hard horses to to be in love with. it, backing at their short prices. Mm. Um, you know, being a man for for sort of looking at value most of the time. Those kind of horses just don't interest me. I'm never ever going to be sticking up horse like Clanzobo or or entertaining backing him at that price. I'd rather back the conditional at five to two to finish in the first three than I would even money the Clanzobo. There you go, Clanzobo. Not interesting, Andy. I have a feeling it won't be interesting. Long shot Ted either, but the conditional is twenty to one at the moment with Unibet. But as we say, with uh, Dashwell Drasher likely to come out, this market will look very very different if that is the case uh, come Sunday morning. Ed, over to you. I'd probably roll the dice with Lost in Translation. I know he's, he's very unreliable. Uh, more so unreliable is me uh, getting the bins out on, on the right time, to be honest with you. But the thing <laughs> like is, the with, yeah, exactly. Well, these days, absolutely. Um, yeah, it, I mean, the, it's well documented, wasn't it? The malaise of the Colin Tizard yard. What did they have? Three winners between October the 1st and whenever it was, end of January, something absolutely crazy like that. Um, but, however, they do appear to have turned the corner. And, yeah, this horse ran deplorably when last seen and he had a little bleed and everything. But, you know, I do just wonder whether the, the yard are coming back. I mean, there were so many good horses running inexplicably poor races. It was almost too bad to be true. It was really interesting to listen to Joe Tizard. He said they had problems with mineral levels, dodgy hay, a few other things he didn't want to almost disclose or go into. So there clearly were big problems down at the yard. They appeared to have kind of at least sorted them out. And obviously, translation, obviously, on his top form, could easily go and win this. And, um, I, I just think if he could get back to his best, I think his best, I mean, it's over to debate, is, is arguably better than Clander Zobo's. I mean, the way he absolutely laughed at Hey Dr. Mai um, back mm. back in the Betfair chase a couple of years ago, oh, it was absolutely scintillating. And I just think the ground could be quite key with him. You know, these horses who keep having wind operations, keep having issues, I do like to see them on a on a sounder surface. And so, yeah, I'd... I, Marginally be going lost in translation over Clandazobo purely because <laughs> Clandazobo is even money and he, he's lost his last couple. Just for one for the notebook again here. Um, this interesting Terrafort lines up after two years off the track. Um, I just keep him in mind the Cheltenham handicap entries are out next week. Uh, this horse has been off the track two years, but let's not forget he's got some really good form. He beat Surname at Sandown in a grade one. Uh, he actually trounced the field in a grade one at entry going back three years ago. So he's got some really good bits and pieces of form. So I think they're going to run into him now and then keep your eyes on him for a spring handicap. And maybe entry, maybe more of his bag going further forward. But um, uh, keep your eyes on him because I'm no doubt he'll get entries in the plate, the altar and all sorts. And if he approves for that run, which you think he would do, then he, he, could, he could go off a lively price in one of the, uh, the festival, spring festival handicaps. Good stuff there from Ed. Uh, on then... To for lost in translation, as I said, seven to two. Sorry, best price at the moment. Bit of a leap of faith, but that's where you're getting the value. Always crucial there. On then to the three o'clock, and it is the Betfair game spirit chase, the grade two. And we've got Grenatine is the 15 to eight favorite ahead of Champ. Very interesting return to the race course, a long awaited one for Champ uh, at 130. Soroyal is four to one, Dolos eight to one. Uh, Fanny and Destreval eight to one, Magic Saint twelve to one. Um, Andy, come straight back over to you here. A little six-runner affair. 
Um, let's start with Champ, I guess, because you know, this quite clearly wasn't the plan, but this is the first we're going to see of Champ since that uh, very dramatic win at Cheltenham last March. Yeah, he's the most interesting runner on the card, isn't he? Certainly going mm-hmm. forward. Um, I don't think we'll get too many sort of Gold Cup clues, as it were, because he, he obviously is not going to be tested to the max. I'd imagine Nicola Bourneville will be told to go out there and give him as pleasant of an experience as possible, very similar to um, uh, Bouvardier did at Haydock. Uh, if they're not, if they can't win, then don't knock him about. So he's he's a he's a very very risky proposition from a betting perspective on Saturday. I'm amazed that he's second favourite. He's never won over two miles, and all the times that he was running over two and a half, Nicky Enders had always said that look, you'll see a difference when he's over three, and we saw mm. his stamina coming to play in the RSA when he needed every yard of a stiff three to get up. So yeah. I can't believe he's going to, A, be fully wound up, B, knocked about, C, effective against genuine two-milers first time. I, I, I'd be happy to lay him at three to one, seven to two, because, you know, you've got Grenadine and Sco, Sco Royale's the one that should be second favourite. I mean, he's he's got a body of work this season to suggest he's as good as ever. Um, he was second in the race last year to Altior. He'll, he'll like the better ground and, other than his, his uncharacteristic fall last time at Kempton, he's, he's run amazingly well uh, all season long. Uh, but getting on to Grenatine, I think he's the right favourite. You know, he's he's, he's running beyond Politolog. On ground, it was probably a little bit too soft for him, and he obviously favoured Politolog was a career best to suggest he definitely belongs in graded company, whether that's grade one or grade two, whatever. Long term, I don't know. Um, I don't think he's good enough for a champion chase against this year's field. Uh, but this looks a perfect match for him. Flat track, good, goodish ground, provided we don't get an absolute deluge of rain. Um, he travels well, you know, he jumps well, as far as I could see. Um, he, he should get a nice toe into the race. I'd imagine either Fanny and Destreval, maybe Magic Sake might might want to press on. Um, but yeah, either way, I think he's I think he's the right favourite. He'd be my choice um, with with Scarborough, Scarborough, and easily second best on on what's likely to happen. Let's say. How can we? You know, what you're saying about Champ looks pretty rock solid there. Is there any way that we can maximise that? I mean, do you ever play the forecast there, Greg Grenatine and Sorayal? Can you look to play Slade Champ on the on the exchanges? Yeah, that, that, that's probably what you'd, you'd look to do. Like I say, I'd be quite, quite willing, willing or happy to lay him at 7-2 to two if, if that's what he's going to be. Uh, mm. I think there'll be a lot of other people like myself looking to do that. So you might, <laughs> you might, we all might be fighting, fighting over who's going to push it out the furthest. Uh, and, then, and then it obviously becomes a backable price for some that think that's just too big. Uh, that's usually how it works but look you know it he's just a hard horse to fancy under 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 the conditions like i say they're yeah. going to go fairly quick he's going to be a little bit rusty look if he, if he manages to win wow what a performance that'll be and we'll all be taken aback and, and he's got you know his gold cup credentials are even more rubber stamp but nicky will have i'll have like, like the way nicky the way nicky's mindset is and the way he operates the Gold Cup's the only thing that matters, you know. He, that's round the corner. This is just basically a prep for that. So he won't be he won't be going out there, you know, desperate to win this race. Mm. If it happens, it happens. But if he finishes third, running on, getting beat ten lengths by Grenatine, he'll, he'll take that now. I think. Yeah, just going for a spin with Nico Champ uh, as it stands. Uh, not often you can talk about 130 chances being a massive shock if if it wins, but that it seems to be the case here given the circumstances. Uh, Ed, over to you. 
pretty much agree with everything Andy has said there. Um, <laughs> no, I, I've read, to be honest with you, Champ is skewing this market. I've read so much stuff, like, and three-page analysis on will he have the speed over two miles? I think we've all lost the plot here. Mm. Nicky Henderson put in his August pre-season tour, there are four days in March which matter in the jump season for this horse. And I think we're all forgetting that. This is nothing more than jumping round in third, getting fit. He's, Nicky Henderson said he's been talking to Henry tonight about trying to sharpen his jumping up because there's a race against time here. You know, we haven't seen him for a year. He's going to have this and then go into a gold cup. Yeah. So dropping him back to two miles, tune him up, really try and sharpen his jumping up and get him going, which if there's an Achilles heel or a, a, a chink in his armour, it is his jumping, which, you know, was far from flawless even when he won the RSA. So, I, I, yeah, I mean, I just think he's... Say you can't win. I mean, you know, it's, it's a horse race at the end of the day. But I, I thought, yeah, I had a Granatina's favourite. Uh, I'd have So Real very close to him. I mean, remember, So Real's getting six pounds as well. If you look at official figures, that swings it much more in favour of him. Flat trap, better ground. I'd be tempted to do the, the reverse forecast, Granatine and So Royale. Uh, Dolos, I don't think it's good enough. Fanning Industrial, I think, needs further. Magic Saints, um, I don't think is good enough even. So... Yeah, I, I think Chubb is a red herring. We're all just talking far too much about him. It's just he jumped. As long as he doesn't fall, then mm-hmm. uh, he's going to end up in the stairs hurdle, isn't he? <laughs> to, to, yeah. be, to be blunt. Um, but I'd, yeah, I, I'd be shocked if Champ was good enough to see off these rivals on the basis that Sir Royale and Granatine both get round. But a uh, very quick note on Granatine is interesting. This is a Paul Nichols saying on the back of this. Um, his gut tells him he's not quite sure the champion chase is his race. However, if he did come out and bolt up here, they would almost by default have to go for it. But Harry Cobbton got off after the Tingle Creek. He thought perhaps the Ryanair would really suit him. Uh, so I think there'll be a little bit of a fact-finding mission. They're either going champion chase or Ryanair on the back of what happens to Granatine in this contest. Interesting stuff there. Definitely the top two in the market taking the fancy. There's a very underused part of odds checker which is the dutching calculator which i never thought i'd be able to promote on, on an odds checker podcast but if you did want to back both the 15 to 8 of grenatine and the 4 to 1 of sir royale with 10 pounds for example you could have six pounds 35 on the favorite three pounds 65 on the second favorite 10 pound state one of the wins you win eight pounds 25 lovely stuff so just about 10 to 11 perfect a dutching um, calculator i've never I'll get my Holland shirt on next time. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Andy, stick it, stick it into Google. I mean, I I reckon that is having used Lost Checker for a long time and I've known it's existed for a long time. That is probably the third time I've used it. But let's give it a bit of love. It's still there. Mm. You've got a Dutching calculator, a Hutching calculator, and a hedging calculator <laughs> up on site. So don't say that we don't look after you at Lost Checker um, for all of your punting needs. On then to the Betfair hurdle over two miles, um, the three thirty-five. And um, the favourite is uh, Kadzand at eleven to two, ahead of Soaring Glory at six to one. Mister Kofi ten to one, Buzz and Edward Stone both twelve to one. Fifty Ball and onto Victory fourteen to one. Time White, Milkwood, Shake 'em Up, Harry, Guard Your Dreams, and Annual Invictus all sixteen to one, twenty to one bar. I mean, it's always a brilliant, brilliant um, race on the racing calendar every year. Always notoriously tricky to. <clears throat> find your way through Betfair Sportsbook at the moment goes seven places, which I think probably reflects that. Andy, um, a few likely types in here. Who's taking your fancy at the moment? I mean, yeah, this is about as good as it gets, isn't it? Um, yeah. This is almost like a, a almost a, a classier version in the county hurdle because I, I, think, I think a few of these might even go down slightly different routes um, um, after, after this race, um, such as grade one level. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a head scratch. I had a bit of a dart at it. Um, over a week before the 
Um, it was due to be run last week, so two and mm. two and a half weeks ago. And I came up with a couple. I'm, I'm happy with the position we're in on on, on soaring glory. One of them, he, he falls into the category of being a, a lightly race second season hurdler um, that could be having to all amount improvement. But the trouble is, there's about ten or twelve of them this year. Um, you're looking for sort of five, six-year-olds, usually speaking, so that, that's quite nice. And he's also run around the track as well. That was another thing I looked at. I do like horses who run flat left-handed in particular, but if they've got form at Newbury and he was second to do so, that, that's got to at least be worth something in the long term. Um, obviously, grade two company just found him out last time out on ground. A little bit maybe too soft for him at, at Ascot, but it's still a good run beyond my Drogo and uh, Landy Gano boy. Um and John Joe, I, I remember. I remember back in the day, actually, uh, just sort of anecdotally, like to bring in a, a race back in. I think it was nineteen eighty nine when Grey Salute won. And I, I used to go to the. My, it was always used to fall in around my birthday time. And my mum and dad always used to take me to to the to Newbury as a bit of a treat. Um, and I ended up. I ended up back in the week before, or it might have been two weeks before that, a horse called. Um, uh, something de, de oh, I can't remember his name now. This story's going to fall down on its face. <laughs> it was one. It was one of John Joe's anyway. Um, something de Bray. Um, and I, I backed it at ten to one. It had won the Haydock um, Champion Hurdle Trial the week before on the bridle, stuffing a, a really good field. And he was actually four to seven to to win the the Betfair Hurdle, uh, or as it was the Schweppes Hurdle back in back in the day. And he got beat. He got beat by um, um, Regal Salute trained by uh, John Jenkins, ridden by Richard Dunwoody. So I do remember this race very very fondly, or not very fondly. Uh, but what I'm saying is John Joe Neal has obviously got painful memories back in the past, so he's looking to perhaps correct or right those wrongs here with uh, with Soaring Glory. So he'd be one of my main fancies, along with Shake Him Up Harry. Again, another novice, second season novice, good form around Newbury. Uh, he uh, he was second to Shishkin, of course, last year. And I don't think he's done a fat lot wrong this year. Obviously, he chased uh, Meteo. Meteo doesn't run this year. That's grade one form with the Tolworth. I think he's quite well handicapped as well. He could do with a drop more rain, uh, in all fairness. Um but those those are the main two I, I quite like, and the other one I'd probably have a look at would be now guard your dreams if I had to have a third choice. Tristan Davis has won this race twice in the last four years with Al Dancer and uh, oh come on help me out Ed yeah, Al oh, Dancer, Ballyandy, Ballyandy, oh, yeah. nice. oh well done, Ballyandy, yeah. yeah 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 help me out. Your grey cells are going there too. <laughs> and, and since this horse has had the hood on, he's he's improved quite markedly. Um, I thought he was really tenacious the other day to beat friend or foe at Sandown, but he's he's definitely one to consider. But yeah, shake him up, Harry, and soaring glory. My 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 two picks. I'm going to stick with. Great stuff there. Shake him up, Harry, sixteen to one. Soaring glory, six to one, and then guard your dreams, one to note, and also Vicario, Vicario de Bray. That's it's come back to me. <laughs> Finally, Vicario um, de Bray. Yes, and it was there at the back of my brain. It just needed nudging out. <laughs> Ed. Uh, yeah, interesting. I kind of um, three shortlisted Vida Field, one of which is Soaring Glory, but the uh, the value, if you like, is disappearing compared to, as Andy was saying um, a week ago, he was latching onto it. And um, I, think he's, well, I think he might go a favourite, in all honesty. His form looks really rock solid, doesn't it? Obviously, he beat Brave Man's game earlier in the season. He's got some. He's, he's, he's been beaten by all the good horses. If you see, I mean, Dusart thinks a really, obviously, a really useful sort they thought would hope 
was going to make up into supreme novices hurdle contender. He's got injured. Uh, I just think he's he's, he's really solid. Uh, he's got a lot of stamina as well. Um, I, I think he's he's rock solid. So double figure prices. Looking for something a bit more exciting from a price perspective. I mean, on to victory. He's only won one of his six starts over hurdles, but. This was a 105-rated flat horse. You know, he was no mug at all. Won the November handicap um, uh, on the soft. If the rains do arrive, won't be a problem for him. Got a bit of a confidence booster last time out. And if you go back to his run at Kempton at, at Christmas, uh, I mean, he was absolutely tanking at the time of his departure uh, behind third time. Lucky. Uh, I think he's, he's interested in double-figure price. Time White is a horse who we think has got a lot of ability. It's often far too keen. I mean, he pulled his head off last time out. Mm. Um, probably was beaten, but would have been placed at the time of his departure. They go a mad old gallop here that will allow him to settle he's unexposed i really like the way he won at chepstow on his comeback and i think he's first time in regards to the ground you know he's well on soft uh i think the ground was officially might have been officially good when he won at chepstow he's still likely race for the paul nichols and harry cobden combination so yeah soaring glory would be my main pick and then um i'd be looking at double figure prices yeah onto victory in time white um i, I just don't feel there's a, there's normally i get a feeling there's something that's going to go in the champion Hurdle with a supreme, like a. I'm not sure there's an absolute grade one horse re yeah. ready and ready in the making, but I think in long term, perhaps soaring glory. I, I do really like him. I think he'll and he'll be a good chase of time as well. But um, yeah, that'd be my my tentative three for you to field. And yeah, I mean, it's looking through it, you make a case for for a dozen in here. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think. Am I right in saying that Tom Segal's put so, soaring glory up for the supreme novices in impending a, a good run here? Right. Really? Okay. I think he did. Yeah. There's it. There's your answer. A week or two ago, yeah. Oh, I thought it was An Andy Holdings, um, five p each way, which should uh, <laughs> crash the market. <laughs> well, you actually fancy um, Time White, don't you, George? Yeah, I bat Time White. I bat Time. White. I don't know Ed if that's um, if that's good news for you or not. Um, we'll see. But um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think in in terms of, of horses that could be a lot better than what we're seeing at the moment, Time White has to be one of those with a circle around it. And um, and as you say, if the race develops. Um, you know, on, on his terms and, and, you know, he does settle early on, then we could see something worth backing 16 to one it was twenties when I backed him a couple of weeks ago. So there you go. There's my five P each way. Um, I think, if, I think if you do fancy um, time white, you've got to, you've got to enter or factor in Milkwood into the equation. Cause he was who, you, the, who you backed last time. Yeah. He was the chief sufferer, wasn't he? When time white ran into the back of something and then s slowed down and Milkwood who was going the best at the time? He, he was the he was the chief sufferer. I, I don't know how he ended up finishing third that day. Yeah, um, he's probably ground dependent. He probably won slightly better ground if he, if he did, was to go soft. But as it is now, good to soft. Um, certainly so. So suit Milkwood, who is a very strong traveller. Milkwood also sixteen to one alongside Time White. That is with Hills. Time White sixteens is with Paddy Power and Betfair Sportsbook. Last two races on the card then, and we're going to rattle through them because there aren't any prices. But just in case either of the lads fancy something and are waiting to see what prices come out you'll be first to know so it is first and foremost the novice uh handicap chase where we've got milgreen and rillo hold the note ballymoy rock point and the gallant way and any of these standing out for you yeah of, of all the races on the car this is probably the the least uh attractive from a betting proposition I, i've got no real angle in here i'd certainly expect Enrello to be up there in the you know top end of the market. He, he was pulled up last time out beyond Shamblu, but that surely wasn't his running. But he's a he's a he's a nice prospect in the making. Uh, I think that would have jolted uh, Paul Nichols' uh, confidence with the horse last time out because I, I, I've you know listened to him uh, talking quite favourably about this horse on quite a few occasions. He, he does go through his races quite well. I think the small fields suit him. 
then going back left-handed on reasonably good ground will suit him. Wide open spaces of Newbury should be fine. Um, he'd probably be the one I'd, I'd look to offer up as a selection, but um, yeah, it'll it'd probably be a no-bet race for me. The, the, the bumper's much more um, appetising. Well, we'll get on to that in a second. And anything for you here before we move on to the bumper? I think Rio's the will-be favourite, the right favourite. Mill Green's interesting. Uh, this horse is wanted a trip for ages uh it's kind of what i've been noting goes up to three miles here uh finished sixth in the martin pipes got hampered at the wrong time and stayed on all the way up the hill uh just one of those horses i, I always see it when i i think please step them up to three step them up to three and they come out two and a half two and a half two and a half and keep doing the same old thing over and over again um this was actually running a, a jumper's bumper last time out uh for what it's worth I, but i do think the step up to three miles will see mill green in in better light it has to be said Perhaps a bit of a, a tricky ask on Chase debut, but definitely the trip is going to be a big tick in the box because this horse just does not have the pace for two and a half miles. So uh, I think Enrio will be favourite, um, but I would be interested in what price Mill Green is priced up at because um, this becomes into a, a test of stamina. I think that will play into his hands. But um, yeah, again, I probably won't be getting too involved unless the price really uh, jumps out at me. Mill Green, one to keep an eye on. Just, just for people's reference, what kind of price would he be looking for? Well, I'm hoping to get second. Well, it all depends how they price hold the note up because he's the one with the experience. But yeah, I mean, Rio's going to be favourite. I'd be yeah, four to one, nine to two, perhaps on Mill Green. I mean, it's hard. Chase debut. This is the thing. Mm. Henderson's pitched this one in against horses that have already got some decent experience, which makes yeah, me think yeah. perhaps he's already showing enough from his schooling at home, or it's just a case they've got nowhere else to go with him at the moment. So all in all, I've just got a bit of a <laughs> head scratch into regards to this race. But um, Mill Green, I will keep an eye on from from value value perspective. Interesting stuff. And then on to the bumper, the last race of the day. Plenty here from representing decent connections. I'm not going to go through the card, Andy, but you've already mentioned there's a couple interesting here for you. So you let us know who you fancy. Yeah, I mean, there's some great action today at Newbury, but um, from a long-term perspective, this is an absolute belter in... in, in... Mm. In uh, in in for the you know, if it's one or two for the future, I, I really like my tie, I think he's a smashing horse. Um, from the Harry Fry style, but that Harry Fry yard again, I've been talking about yards out of form. Harry's just seen a bit of a bumpy um spot in the road. He's he's gone 33 runners and 41 days without a winner. Mm. Again, a lot of his horses are not running up to scratch. I think Miski Whiskey would have probably taken that mare's race yesterday. Sandown had she been healthy, um, but she did, didn't quite get up the hill. I think that horse brings the best form into the table. It's a race that Harry's won before. Um, that that Warwick race was very good on the speed figures. The race has worked out well. The second fine painting has won since. Um, but the, the other one I quite liked, Bill Baxter. Um, he was having his um, bumper debut at Fakenham of all places. Didn't look the natural route that Warren Greatex had probably looked to take one of his nicer <laughs> prospects. But when he won his maiden point to point, or sorry, so he finished second in the point to point. He, he finished behind a horse called Dreams of Home. Who's won a couple of races up the north for Donald McCaddy, won by a big margin at Weatherby on debut. Then he, he tranced up at um, or tranced a good field at Carlisle the other day. Um, very impressive. And and this I was really impressed with this fellow, the way he whizzed round uh, wing uh Fakenham. He clocked a good number. Um and Warren's not scared to risk him in, in against some promising types. So a very, very hot race. You've got Cape Horn from for Nicky Henderson first time, risk a uh, good risk at all, of course, won it. Cheltenham early on in the season. Um, and Paul Nichols has got Gillian Abello in there as well. So as far as bumpers concerned, this is by far and away the best one that's been running in the UK so far. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to that race. Interesting stuff there from Andy. A couple to keep an eye on. Bill Baxter for Warren Greatrix and Mai Tai for Harry Fry. 
Anything for you, Ed? I've got to admit, this is, um, I wouldn't be able to do this race justice. This is uh, too, too much going on here. Unbeaten bumpers, uh, unbeaten bumper performers, uh, unexposed sorts. I'm, I'm not adding anything of great value. I, just to be honest, these are really the last thing I would I bet on are bumpers. Um, I'm, I, more, I'm with all, you. Weather, all weather handicaps, I'd probably be, uh, even, even though I dread the things. Um, no, uh, again, a watch a brief for me. Um, I've normally come on here absolutely chopping it a bit to get stuck into things. Uh, there's perhaps a couple on the newbie card, uh, which I will be doing. But uh, generally speaking, there's there's just so many much kind of note-taking, I think, here with a view to mm. Cheltenham handicaps, even the graded races and um i mean yeah there's some really exciting sorts in here which um cost more than my my 5p each way on, on gravity <laughs> put it that way so um yeah no there's uh no, at race i'm just going to sit and watch and um see what happens great stuff one horse to maybe have a look at in the market is horn cape representing jp mcmanus and nicky henderson a french recruit who's being dropped right into the deep end here um you'd think might be some expectations there to be put straight into this contest at Newbury. Um, right then, that brings us to a close of our preview of Sunday's racing at Newbury, which is delayed from last Saturday. Thank you very much to both Ed and for Andy to for joining us. We recorded a preview yesterday for the racing at Ascot uh, on, on, yeah, on Saturday with Andrew Thornton joining Andy Holding and myself as well. So if it's not Saturday yet and you haven't seen the racing, you can go to any podcast provider and get the podcast there or go to our YouTube channel. You can find all of our betting previews there across loads of different sports as well planning on doing loads more of these so please do subscribe do download the odds checker app as well for the very best prices bookie offers free bets everything else you want including andy's tips every single morning straight to the app enjoy the racing on sunday and please do gamble responsibly (laughs) 